This is In a Skirt with Crystal Riley. This show celebrates the unconventional athlete and those helping make sports available, accessible, and fun for everyone. Welcome to In a Skirt Podcast. I am Crystal Riley. I have a long run episode for you today. As usual, though, before I get started on that episode, I want to encourage you to sign up for two races. The first is the Reindeer Run 5K and Kids Fun Run. This race is going to be on Saturday, December 7th in downtown Lovekin. Also going on that day will be Christmas in the Pines, which involves a lot of Christmas fun in downtown Lovekin. So if you're local, you definitely need to do this race. And if you're not local, if you're out of town, come spend the weekend with us. Also, the weekend of February 21st and 22nd, we will have the Race for Hope. That race will be in downtown Lovekin as well. Friday evening, there will be a kids' fun run down the lighted streets of downtown Lovekin, and the next morning, we will have a 5K, half marathon, and full marathon. I have the links to register for both those races in my show notes. And if you go to my site, inaskirt.com, you can click on a new link I have, Upcoming Races and Events, and I have direct links to register for those races right there on my site. Okay, so today I have Mike McKaney. Mike is a teacher husband and father. This past January, he decided he wanted to get his health back. So he started with changing the way he ate. And then in May, he started running. Mike has lost about 140 pounds this year, and he has discovered he has a passion and a talent for running. In this episode, we talk a little bit about Mike's physical transformation. Some of his students didn't even recognize him when school started back again in August. But more importantly, we talk about his love for a sport that has done more for him than just help him get healthy. I hope you enjoy. So what half are you doing in February? Uh, Rock and roll, St. Jude's in New Orleans. Okay. Mm -hmm. That'll be your first half marathon? That'll be my first. Well, good. Well, let's get into that then. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your family, where you work. Uh, So I work at Lufkin High School. I teach audio video. I went to uh, film school. And started out in the film industry in 2000, and um, love film, love teaching film. Um, I did not know I was a teacher until my wife got tired of me being away for so long. I was gone six weeks at the time, uh, making really good money, um, but she wanted more of a family unit, and mm-hmm. more of a family thing, and I had young kids at the time. And uh, I th- the last thing that I worked on was the Swamp People television show, mm-hmm. the History Channel. Um, and I was in, actually in the swamp, on a boat, and I get a phone call. There is a job opening at Lufkin High School, and you will take it. <laughs> it was your wife. And it was <laughs> my wife. To to <laughs> so crazy. I was like, "You're out of your mind. Um, no way." You know, and you hear stories about school these days and mm-hmm. all that. And so I was like, "There's, there's no way." And the next thing I know, she's talking to another teacher whose husband worked at the high school, whose room is right next to mine. And they kind of cohorted behind my mm-hmm. back. And the director of the CTE program's calling me and saying, hey, you know, come come for an interview. And I did. And I'm glad that I did. I, I really enjoy teaching kids. So um, that's kind of my background. My, my wife teaches in Hudson. Or she's actually a school counselor in Hudson. And she's taught forever. And just knew that I was a teacher at heart. And uh, my next gig, which is going to be a side gig, is teaching swimming lessons at the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I start that here in the next couple of weeks. I've, I've been swimming a mile um, a day for four days a week, 
to try to help recover from running. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps me a whole lot. It loosens me up. And uh, while I was there, they were like, uh, you have a really good stroke. And I was like, well, I used to teach when I was young. So anyway. So I guess my daughter just inherently knew you were a swimmer because she just, no one told her she was going swimming today. You walk in and she just says, I'm going swimming. <laughs> so that's like, no, I guess so. It's October. You're not swimming. Yeah, it's it's been cold lately, but... Um, I love swimming. I love the water and always have been a real strong swimmer. I taught swimming lessons and was certified lifeguard and all that kind of good stuff. And the swim coach is a friend of mine at the school. So I've heard lots of good things about him from our mutual friend, Coach Boyd. And I just was, I've talked to a few coaches and swimming has just really taken off here. I didn't realize it wasn't really a thing a few years ago and parents have seen the benefits of it started their kids swimming and now the schools have pretty good swim programs i think it is taking off and you get a younger teacher like that with some energy yeah i had an episode about the swim program kind of about it uh gabriel love his parents bruce in tennessee or one of my early episodes went to high school with her okay so she's a a fish isn't she that's what i hear goodness she can swim yeah yeah so we did a neat episode about Gabriel and what Lovekin High School's done for him and the One swim team. One of my team. favorite kids ever. He's a cool kid. He comes and sees me just about every day. That's neat. So Coach Boy told me that you have fallen in love with running recently. When did you start running? I started, if you look at my Strava app, it says July the 1st, but um, I didn't want to be held accountable for anything I did before that, so I didn't start recording any runs when I started. And to my best estimate, it was the last week of May. The last week of school. So just this year? This year. This May? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So you've come far and just... Never ran a mile in my life before then. Were never a runner when Mm -hmm. you were younger or anything. So this May, you just decide, I'm going to become a runner. I'm going (laughs) to never run a... Wow. So how old are you now? I'm 45. 45. You know, I just love getting people on this podcast who did not run when they were younger because... You meet so many people and they're like, oh, well, I never, I'm not a runner. I can't start that now. And then I pull people in as examples. No, you can. Like you, you can <laughs> you 30, really 40, can. 50, you can, you can become a runner if you want to do that. And you know, I, I was still pretty heavy when I, when I uh, started. Uh, the running was something that came to me because I knew that, um, and by the way, I guess for your listeners, I'll tell them this, I lost 142 pounds since January the 23rd of this year. So I knew you had lost about 140 pounds, but I didn't realize it was January 23rd this calendar was my year. wife's birthday, and that's when I started. My dad passed away in on Christmas Eve of last year, and his one hope for me always was to get back healthy. I was a, I was an athlete when I was younger, mm-hmm. football player, who would make sure he was absent on the day that we had to do the time mile. <laughs> um, however, but but yeah, my my dad's one goal was son. I wish you would get healthy. And uh, for your family. And I was at 346, 346 mm-hmm. on January the 23rd of this year, which is my wife's birthday. And that's the day that I said, enough's enough. So your dad passed away in December. Mm-hmm. Your wife had this birthday in January. And you decide that's your new day. That's it. To be. So what did you start January 23rd? How did you change keto. things? Keto. Okay. Really hardcore keto. And when I say keto, I don't mean like... Uh, I'm going to eat bacon and eggs and, yeah. you know, what everybody thinks of. I wanted to be the scientific way about it. I wanted mm-hmm. to do 76% fat, mm-hmm. 20, you know, 
and really do it by the numbers. And I and I was really really strict. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people to dispel some rumors about keto, it's not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I had a student tell me uh, the other just two weeks ago, how did you lose all this weight? And so we were talking, and she said, oh my gosh, Mr. McCain, that's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt did it, and she's in the hospital, and she's about to die. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, but, but I, I did the really hardcore keto. I mean, if it had a gram of carb in it, one, I didn't, it didn't touch me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so many, I can remember so many months of zero carbs for the entire month. I mean... You get some carbs when you eat certain things. Yeah. I made sure I didn't eat those things. I mean, I was really strict on keto. And then um, I started walking after I had lost about 45 to 50 pounds. I got underneath 300. And I said, okay, I'm going to start walking. And so I started walking. Uh, at first, I was doing three miles a day, taking, you know, about 45 minutes. I wanted to hit that 16, 17-minute mile yeah. that they talk about to really burn, um, you know, the fat. And uh, I got to where I was walking six miles a day, and who has time for that? You know, I'm, I'm a teacher who's off, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not off. I have a 24-month contract, but, um, you know, you, you have more time during the summer. And I, I knew that when school started, I wasn't going to have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. And um, one morning, I was walking down Copeland, and here comes Jerry Kay. <laughs> and she is running, and it made me so angry. This little 90-pound woman can fly <laughs> past me at 400 miles per hour. She's fast. And I can huff and puff and, you know, get six miles in my walking. So, mm-hmm. you know, how cool am I? How macho am I? And so I was like, you know, one of these days. Does she know? Uh, I, I think Does I might have told her. I'm okay. not sure if, I, if she knows. But I, I started, before I started running, I, I said, okay. I'm going to go to the school, and I'm going to run steps, and I'm going to run sprints across the, the field. And this is at, you know, 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what that looked like. <laughs> um, but I saw Coach Green up there. He's uh, one of our football coaches. And uh, he said, well, I just ran a mile and a half. You want to walk two and a half with me? And I don't know why. And he didn't say it a certain way, mm-hmm. but to me, I was like, I wish I could have ran that mile and a half. Yeah. And not just walked the two with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's waiting until he walks to tell me. Mm-hmm. I said, man, if he can do it, I can do it. And I, and I just, I looked up the couch to 5K thing. I didn't follow it. I'm a rule breaker. But um, I, I started kind of that way, you know, walking a little bit and then running, walking a little bit. I, I remember the first time I ran a mile and I was like, I'm a runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, if anybody had ever told me that after about a mile, a mile and a half, every, your, your whole self just opens up, mm-hmm. I, I'd have done this years ago. Yeah. That's the thing. You always want to, you know, that almost that message you want to spread. No, just try it. And, like, don't... Just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. Because, for me, it takes three or four miles. So, I hate the first three or four miles of any run. And the ironic thing about that was, for years, I never ran more than three miles. Because I hate it. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> so you think if three miles is bad, miles four, five, and six are going to be worse, never knowing that, no, two or three miles is bad. And then after that, it's, it's kind of easy. It opens <laughs> so, it up and you yes. just go. And it's, it's, it almost becomes peaceful. Yes. I hate to say that because people are like, but I, I, the best advice I was ever given was that first mile is a liar. No matter mm-hmm. if it's good, no matter if it's bad, yes. the rest of the one is not going to stay that way. It's mm-hmm. going to change. And you have to change with it. And uh, so that's kind of... So you started 
walk walking first mm-hmm. and then running mm-hmm. i'm always curious how people start because some people you know you talk to some people and they can get out there and have never run before and all they can just go run and i don't know you know i wasn't that way so i understand the pushing yourself a little bit farther is that what you did and you walk yeah, and then just try to stretch the run out a little longer a little sure. longer yeah I, I, and i would count mailboxes yes <laughs> you know yeah if i can make it to that next mailbox uh-huh. i have beat my record someone asked me that the other day they she said I, I can't run more than this amount of time and she was trying to take it from so long to like 50 percent more it's like, oh no, that's too big of a stretch. Oh, yeah. I said, I add like five or ten seconds. Yeah. And I told her, I said, pick a landmark and say, you know what, I'm gonna run to that tree. I said, and then once you get to that tree, if you're not dying, <laughs> you know, well now I'm gonna run to the next tree. Keep I going. said, you can you can lie to yourself too. Oh, like yeah. you can tell yourself these lies, like, I'm gonna stop when I get there and convince yourself you are, and then get to that point and keep going. Like you can tell yourself. This, these little lies along the way to just stretch it out. It's yes. a mind game. It is. And uh, I think one thing I had going for me when I started at this time was I had been in such a mind game with the, the weight loss mm-hmm. and getting there and really saying, I'm not going to do this and becoming strong, you know. Um, everybody's different. Not, you know, there's probably not another person out there that's going to do the way I did it. Yeah. Because it's not going to work for them. Everybody's mm-hmm. an individual and everything works different. But... We all have a mind. Yes. And does that mind control your body or does your body control you? Mm-hmm. And I feel in such control when I run, go and run a 10 miles, mm-hmm. you know, or a 12 miler. That's, that's kind of where I'm at now. But I feel so in control of myself. And I, and I know that that's a terrible thing because we're not ever in control of ourselves. But I feel like I have a little bit of control over what's happening when I go out there and run. So how often do you run now? I don't know if I want to answer that question because um, my wife tells me way too much. Um, but getting ready for this uh, 13 miles, because I don't want to just do 13 miles. I want it to be an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Um, it'll it'll be another thing. My dad gave a lot of money to St. Jude's Hospital, and, and that's you know the race that I'm running in February is a half marathon. And I want to dedicate it to him, so I want it to be a, a good thing. Um, and so right now, probably five to six days a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you, you know, some of them are easy runs. Yeah. And, and it's not everyone's going out there and burning up the pavement. So are you following a plan right now? Do you kind of just do your own thing or do you have a I've a talked plan? to several people and I'm kind of incorporating a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerry K is one of them. Um, Hunter Russell yeah. uh, is another one that I've been talking to a lot. And just getting advice um, from different people that run, that are in my past, you know, just people that I know. Um, and but, those two are can give, you know, world-class yeah. advice, Hunter and uh, Jerry now this, this week, I will say this, this week um, I took two days off. I did, I did, I ran five days uh, this week, but I've also started swimming a little bit more. Which is great. So, and it's good for you, but um, I'm, I'm probably next week, I'll go down to four days yes. a week. I, um, I do like four and at the I've got most the miles, you know, that mm-hmm. I want to have going yeah. into this. Um, would I like to get a little bit faster? Sure. I started out with a 13.53 mile, and uh, I'm down in low nines right now. Which is amazing for sure. the amount of time. Yeah. I, I no, mean, I considering. I 9.16 is where I'm about, about my pace now. 
So do you do some speed work? I do some interval, okay. you know, some some intervals. Um, <laughs> it it's just so weird. I'm so addicted to it. So yesterday, uh, no, the day before yesterday, I went out and I said I'm running three miles. I'm running the fastest that I can. I'm going home. And I ran three miles the fastest that I can, but I didn't go home. <laughs> Ended up running four miles after that at a lot lower pace. But I just, you know, it feels good some mm-hmm. days. And uh, I've been fortunate to, to be pretty healthy with it. So I'm not trying to push myself really, really hard. Um, I did three miles. I mean, when I got to three miles, I did three miles for two and a half months. I didn't even try anything Yes. Else. And I stayed there, and that was my jam. And I loved it. And it, it was good. But... Once upon a day, it got a little bit cooler one day. You know, because I, I never knew running outside of 91 degrees. Yeah, and then it gets cooler, and it's a whole... It's a whole different ballgame. Yes, all of a sudden, it's easy and wonderful and beautiful, and you can breathe and go on forever. Absolutely, and that's kind of where it's at now. So, you know, I'm really having to struggle to stay within what I think is healthy for me to mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, I'm probably running a little bit too much right now, and I'm mm-hmm. still excited about it. But uh, but it'll slow down. But you have to learn, too. I mean, you know, Rusty coached me for a couple of years, and that's the game we played. We started off with a more traditional marathon training method that was six days a week, high mileage during those days. And we learn, okay, this, this doesn't work for her. Let's pull back to three to five days of running, depending on the weather. I'll, yeah. I'll only run maybe three days a week during the summer because I just can't handle the high heat and then during the fall and winter I can bump it up to four or five but then I strength train or cycle on the those days that I'm not running but it's it's so individualized you know you just someone can get out there and run six days a week and it's no problem and other people can't but it's I was going to ask you a question about your running Mm -hmm. um so when you run do you find and, and this is weird because nobody can answer this for me. Not even Coach Russell couldn't, couldn't or Jerry Kay. Do you find after you strength train and you run, your next run is the biggest and best that you've ever run? So I strength train, probably, no, <laughs> but probably on the day that I strength train two days a week immediately after a little bit more harder effort run. So I don't even, you know, I'll do say the opposite of that. Yeah, I do. You do it opposite. You string train I before. Train and then I run my high miles and it's the quickest oh, okay. I've ever done. Yeah. See, I've never done it that way. Rusty always told me strength train after the run because then I get injured a lot and I have a bad back. And what we have found is strength training is, is easier for me if I have loosened up mm, with okay. a run. Because I'm going to get stiff. I'm going to hurt my back. I've hurt my back so many times, Mm -hmm. strength training. And then I'll have to take off a lot of time from it. So I do it after a run. So I'm looser, you know, more flexible. I go swim. And as soon as I get out of the pool, and I hate bicycles. (laughs) I hate the bicycling part. So I don't think I'm in danger of doing any triathlons anytime soon. But as soon as I get out of the pool, drive from the Boys and Girls Club to home to Brook Hollow. Mm Mm-hmm. Sit down, get something to eat, wait for about 30 minutes. Best run I've ever had. Really? Every time. And it's not just one time. It's been the last seven times. Yeah. I could see that. I could see you, though, the, I mean, a swim is a full. It's like a really good warm-up. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And it's a full body warm-up, a swim. And it's no impact. You know, you're getting this really great warm-up without 
without hurting your body or your well, joints. The problem with it, though, is, you know, I swim a mile when I swim. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really warm. I mean, it's a pretty good workout, yeah. you know. But if I can just find a pool in New Orleans before that race, yes. I'll be okay. An indoor pool because you'll be windows <laughs> in February. Be, yeah. yeah. It'll be really cold. And you need to find some duathlon that takes out the you know, bike part, just the swim and the run. And I'm the opposite. I'm always looking for duathlons that don't have a swim, that have just a bike and a run part. Well, there's those combos, and maybe we need to do a combo one, you know. Yeah. The team ones, that's what Hunter's been talking about. Yeah. Because he does some stuff like that. So when did the running bug bite you? Like, when when did you, was it when you ran that first mile, or? When I ran, when I ran that first mile, it was still, uh, I'm pushing through this, I hate this, this is the worst thing ever. Um... But I, I really had got, developed that mindset of I'm going to make things as hard on me as possible. My mantra is going to be if I can be comfortable in the uncomfortable, life is going to be so much easier for me and mm-hmm. this weight loss thing is going to go so much quicker and I'm going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I did. So I, I hated it and I said, then I must be doing it right. And I would get to about you know close to three miles, things like that. We went to Disney World. Uh, my wife and I and kids, and, and we went to Disney World on the 21st of July. And I had run three miles two times prior to that, and I woke up at 4.30 in the morning at Disney World, and I said, where's the nearest running track? I can do this. And I ran about four that day. Oh, wow. And, and then went and walked when 10 said, miles. <laughs> and then went and walked, you yeah. know, the 10 miles plus my, I can't tell you about my diet because it was horrible at yeah. that point. I was really, you know, I just started fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fast at least 24 hours a, a week. Mm-hmm. Um, this week it's been three 24-hour fasts. Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't know why. It's just I, I really try to let my body tell me what I need to do, mm-hmm. and that's just what it felt like this week. So it was it was that's the first time I've done that. But I was starting to fast at that point and walk all over those parks and run and stay underneath sixteen hundred calories and do keto and all this stuff. And it, it was a recipe for disaster. But I, I changed it pretty quickly when I started getting over three miles because you know you just you have to have some some fuel. Oh yeah. I mean, hardcore, so I, I kind of changed my approach at that point. But I, I knew on, on that run, because um, the first thing that happened was I tripped, and I threw my phone, and I fell out into the street on my face, and I looked up, and there's one of those buses with Mickey Mouse on the side of it right there. And I said, you know what? I don't even care. I got back up, and I kept running because I wanted to beat my time. Mm-hmm. And I knew right then, I said, I'm a runner. I'm yeah, good. when you do, like, pause in your... I was, I was <laughs> hitting resume, you know. I was like, pause this, because that happened. But And that doesn't count, you know. That's funny. My brother and I, when we both first started running, and we spent Christmas together, I think it was December of 2012. And I had just started running October of 2012. And like you, I walked. Like, I, I think I walked daily anywhere from three to four three to five miles a day for a year and a half before I started running. So it was about October of 2012 I started running. In that December, we spent Christmas together. And I had just started tracking my runs. You know, I ran for a while before I would ever even track it. (laughs) And so that's when I had decided maybe I was a runner and I started tracking it. And we were in, where were we? We We were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We spent Christmas there together. And we went out for a run at night. Christmas Day in the evening all around Gatlinburg and he fell 
like just like totally wiped out. I mean, it was hard. And I stopped and I didn't, I had a tracker on my phone. I didn't have a, a Garmin like I have now. And I pulled out my phone and I paused the tracker. And then I said, Hey, are you okay? And I leaned over to pick him up. He's like, Don't think I didn't notice that you stopped your tracker before you even asked me if I was okay. I was like, Well, we were doing pretty good, actually. We were we were running kind of fast. I don't wanna I don't wanna destroy that with your little fall. So yeah, that's get up and keep going. Yeah. I was like, come on, let's go. That's one thing that gets me. I always have these people come up to me and say, well, we're going to do a step competition today mm-hmm. at school, but you're not allowed to do it because <laughs> your steps will be... And I said, yeah. guys, this is what you need to know about steps. If you're not doing them in succession, you're not getting your heart rate up. Yeah. It really doesn't matter, to be honest. I mean, it's good that you're up and that you're moving and, and things of that nature, but I, I don't think that just because you walked seven miles in a day, you, you know... You got to do it in succession. You got to get that heart rate up. Well, and I've read that you know if you're if you're gonna, you know, a good an amount a good number of steps is about ten thousand a day, but they don't all have to be together. But you need at least small increments yeah, together, together throughout the day to yeah. get some kind of benefit from it. So. so you sent me pictures earlier this week, you know, showing that physical transformation. But tell me a little bit how it's changed you in other ways, man. Okay, so one thing that I wanted to make sure that I said for people that are listening is I thought that losing 140 pounds was going to be the end-all, be-all of everything. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it really... Has it helped? Sure. Mm-hmm. Has it changed a lot of things for me? Yes. But it is not the end-all, be-all. And that's a moment that I don't think is going to define me from, from mm-hmm. losing all that weight. Um, it's going to propel me forward. But it didn't fix everything like I thought it would. Um, there's a lot of depression that comes mm-hmm. after you do that because, you know, right now I'm at 192 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I started this journey at, you know, 346 pounds. And am I still losing weight? Yeah, because I run so many miles. Yeah. Uh, and it's just going to be that way. And I still I still eat pretty pretty decent. My eating habits are just changed. I mean, I'm, I'm addicted to eating well as much as yes. I am to running. Mm-hmm. Um, I just happen to like the running a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I'm still losing weight, and I, and I think I'll get down, you know, somewhere in the 180s probably and settle down there. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to change everything. And a lot of depression came with it. Um, my nutrition wasn't so great at one point. I was kind of starving myself a little bit. And I think that that changed my personality a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a lot different as a person. I had to lead with humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was this big, jolly guy that always said these funny things and made the whole room laugh. And now that I'm not that way, people want to know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I'm I'm satisfied with myself now. You don't have to and put on that front. I don't have to put on that front. And that, that's a big thing that I'm having to... To change, because I still like to be funny, mm-hmm. and, and that was one thing that was a big part of my personality for such a long time, but um, it, but that's different now. Um, my health, I've gone to doctors uh, since this has all happened, and uh, my A1C, um, you know, I was diabetic, and I think it was up around 8, mm-hmm. and it's at 4.0 right now. Oh, wow. Rest and heart rate's at 52 beats a minute, yeah. you know, and that has a lot to do with the running. Um, but yeah, I mean, my clothes, I had to shop for all new clothes. I mm-hmm. gave away a bunch of clothes. I went from a 4X 
I'm wearing a large sitting here in front of you right now. Oh, wow. Went from a size 46 pants to uh, 32. So there's there's been some massive changes. Um, some funny things that have happened along the way is when I started school this year, I have recurring students. From you probably last year. didn't know who you were. I had two oh girls goodness. that came into my room, and I uh-huh. was standing in the middle of my room, the only adult in my room, uh-huh. and I was texting um, my uh, another teacher about something that we were going to do together. And um, I heard one girl look over and said, well, I don't know who this guy is, but um, let's come back when Mr. McKinney's here. <laughs> and so they, they left not knowing who I was. Um, at the grocery store a lot, people will ask me if I'm okay. Um, I don't think I, I look sick, but I guess some people do. No, you don't, but um, I, I don't think you look sick, but I didn't see you before. Yeah. You know, this is the first day I've met you. So with I get a lot of those comments. That huge comments. of a transformation yeah. in so little time. So there's been there's been a lot of comments. Um, the cool thing though has been um, it, it seems to have inspired some people mm-hmm. to get moving and to do some things, and that's that's totally. I don't know how, but that's what I want my whole next step to be mm-hmm. um, is is to be inspirational um, because um, I know you have a strong faith and and I do too, and I think that God has been telling me lately that hey, you know. Pretty much, I don't think you would have done this by yourself. (laughs) I I helped you out on this, and now I want you to help others. And it's not so much about you and you losing weight. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, me using you so that maybe some other people can get that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hope that's what happens. I hope that this is the first step in that. Well, that's great. I mean, movement is beautiful, and people feel better when they move. And God intended us to move. He made our body so that we could and I believe that there are temples and we should take good care of them they're gifts that he gave us and just like anything else he gave us we should be good stewards of them I don't think he intends for us to to misuse them like I don't think he intended us for to misuse people or money or the planet or our bodies but for some reason that's the thing we will misuse the most and Never think twice about it. Absolutely. That's the one thing that we'll just let ourselves take advantage of, our own temples. Yep. I agree 100%. You know, it's it's sort of society, though, and this is one thing that I've come across in the nutritional aspect because I'll be honest, my nutrition changes on, on different things and different things that I hear um, and different things I try to incorporate. And, you know, with the running, it's, it's changed a lot, too. But, um, you know, that that's entertainment for mm-hmm. everybody. And that has to change. Yeah. Uh, you know, food is, you know, was given to us in the Bible, you know, when we needed it. Mm-hmm. If you go back and look at, at Moses and, and how that happened, it was given when it was needed, you know, the most. Um, not to throw a party, mm-hmm. although, you know, they, they did that, the prodigal son story, but um, it, was, it was a fuel mm-hmm. and it, it, it helps us. And it protects us, and, and, and I, I just totally changed the way yes. that I view food. Another thing is our society has always said that you have breakfast at 8 o'clock, 7 to 8 o'clock. You have lunch, and mm-hmm. maybe that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's not how my body works. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe, you know, and, and that's, of course, when I started fasting, too. Um, fasting has been huge for me, just just really huge i will come off of a 24-hour fast and at 22 hours i think quicker 
and I'm sharper mm-hmm. than I've ever been. Really? Ever been. And, you know, don't let people lie to you and say you can't run fasted either. You can. I did it this morning, you know, mm-hmm. in a race where I went pretty decently fast. Um, but, yeah, there's... I agree about the temples thing. I, yeah. I think that's a great thing to say. And I think, like you pointed out, in nutrition, that can be different for everybody. For everybody. You know, Depending as well. on how your system and how you yes. built. And what you're doing, you the, know. The one thing that I think is common, the two things that I think are common really, is that, number one, it's a mind thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mind has to be in control of your body or else your body will take over. Mm-hmm. Um, that number one, but, but number two, um, you know, nutrition is different for everybody and everybody's going to respond to it differently. What works for me, you know, might not work for, for somebody else. But the, the issue is, is that how we look at food Mm -hmm. and how we treat it. And, And I liked what you said about, you know, your temple and protecting that. I think that's. Yeah. Changing your mindset about what food's purpose is, is it, is a is a big game changer. And vilifying food is yes. not good for anybody. I had a whole episode on that about the way we need to look at food. At food, it's not a reward and it's not a punishment. You know, you don't say I'm not going to eat this because I feel bad about something I ate earlier today, so now I'm going to punish myself <laughs> and restrict myself or I'm going to go run 10 miles because I ate this food and I feel <laughs> guilty about it. You will never outrun a terrible diet. No, you won't. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't You shouldn't ever use food or running as a punishment yeah. or a reward. It just mixes things Absolutely. up in your mind. I totally agree. You, you need to look at it as, I need to use this to get where I'm going and yes. to fulfill my goals. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the goal setting thing is, is really a huge part of uh, looking at nutrition the right way. What yeah. are your goals? What do you want to do? You know, Do you want to go run 26 miles? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And, and it's part of your plan more than it is your center point. I think I heard somebody say, stop looking at what you eat as diet and what you do as exercise. And instead, look at what you eat as fuel and what you do as training for a goal. And then both those things feed in together. So this is not my diet. Because that sounds like such a such a restrictive... It's a limitation. Yeah. And so instead, this is my fuel to accomplish my training to accomplish my goals. It all leads into one goal. And then it's so much easier. When I eat this, I feel bad. And I can't do this. So let me not eat. When I eat this, I feel great. And it makes this over here, this training side, easier. So let me When I eat terrible, that. I just, I mean, my runs are horrible. Yeah, Jerry Kay and I have that conversation Ugh. like weekly. We'll be like, I ate this last night. I feel awful. And usually for both of us, <laughs> it's dairy products late yeah. at night. And so the next morning, we're always complaining like, don't don't let me eat this. Don't let me eat dairy products at 9 o'clock My at night. My sugar. I just, I, I can't do sugar no matter yeah. what. Just no matter what. It, it just does not do anything. And people have a tendency to talk about carb loading. Mm-hmm. And to talk about that for just a second, carb loading is not going to Shipley's and having 12 donuts the night before a race. Exactly. That is not how you do that. <laughs> no. Um, and, and believe me, I know because I try. <laughs> um, that's not what works. You know what works for me is more potatoes and rice. Yes. A little bit or, or kind yeah. of more my speed. That's what works for me. I'm actually... 
thinking about, I had this conversation on our long run this morning with Coach Boyd, fueling for my next marathon with potatoes. During the run, I listened to this podcast episode, Lindsay Hine. She's a podcaster. love her stuff. And she had on... Um, she had on an ultra runner recently, and that ultra runner said she fuels during her ultra runs with mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, wow. They make a lot, bunch of mashed potatoes, and they put them in baby yeah. food pouches, and, and she eats those. Yes. Almost like a gel pack. Yes, exactly, wow. with potatoes, because she's doing 100 milers. And so we had this conversation <laughs> on Lindsay's Facebook group about potatoes, and this other runner told me, she said, hey, yeah, that's, she said that she roasts russet potatoes and sweet potatoes coats them in olive oil and put salt on them and cuts them up into chunks she knows exactly how many grams she needs for every hour and so she'll roast them in the oven and then she puts them in packets and they're they're divided into chunks of the exact amount of grams she needs and every hour while she's running she eats a potato and she alternates between russet and sweet potatoes and it's starchy that's so smart it's carb it's nutrient packed and it's it doesn't have sugar it doesn't have anything unnatural in it like some of these gel packs and so she says it's easy on her stomach i thought and it's mild too you know and it's actually you know um cost efficient i mean because some of these gel packs are really expensive do you take any gel pain? I took a Huma gel last marathon cycle, and that's all natural. But some of them are really sweet. They don't have any added sugar or anything like that. It's basically pureed fruit. It's kind of like baby food. And they did well with me. Mm. But the potato thing sounds... I'm going to try the I tried the, the potatoes. I tried the G-Roctane. It didn't, it didn't affect me anyway. I just... I don't feel like it helped either. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Huma gels helped... When I was running, you know, I wouldn't stop to open them. And so I would try to, it was, it was cold and I was wearing gloves and I would have my gloves and be trying to open up a gel pack. And then I usually ended up with the fruit all all over me. Yeah. All over my hands. And then I had it all over my clothes. And so I was thinking potatoes may be a little cleaner because I usually carry something with me anyway to hold my gel packs in. I I can't run unless I have a bottle of water in my left hand. Mm -hmm. And my cell phone in my right hand. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. No, you have to. You have to have it balanced. I have to have it. That's the way I've run with nothing in my hands. Don't like it. Mm-hmm. I've run with one thing in my hand. Don't like that either. I am comfortable with some music or a podcast going on my cell phone, and and but that's the horrible things because your battery. You know now that yeah. you, now that I run a lot longer, I get, you get to about an hour or so and it starts to drain. So, so I. When we're training here on long runs, I have a bottle, a handheld bottle. But when I go to a race, I don't take the bottle. You take the ones that they give. I just take with it whatever they give. But I use that pack that I usually hold my bottle in, and I fill that up with whatever food I'm going to eat. So it still has the the weight on it. So I was thinking, oh, I could just That's carry that pack. And, maybe it is a weight thing. Yeah, maybe you just carry the pack and fill it with potatoes. There I was this morning, only one in the world <laughs> with, yeah, with my hydration fluid and a water bottle and my phone. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. That's how I do it. So what races have you done? Um, I That's the first one was this morning, okay. the, the color run. I'm probably going to do the reindeer run, uh, the ADAC reindeer mm-hmm. run. Um, Mark Livingston, who's the pastor at Kelty's. He has. Uh, he wanted to get back into running, and so he's like, well, "Let's find one to run together." And I think that's probably what we'll do. Um, and then I have the the half, and then I I kind of did it backwards because I have a half in February, and then April I have the cap 10k mm-hmm. um, in in Austin, 
Which is really going to be anticlimactic now because I don't step out of the house and not run for five or six miles. Yeah. So it's not like I'm trying to hit something. So we'll see what I do kind of age-wise, I guess, when I get to those. But then I've got the half uh, marathon. I really want to get to marathon mm-hmm. status. I don't know if it's too soon, but I sure would like to do one in March of next year. They have one in uh, Los Angeles where you run from Dodger Stadium out to Santa Monica Pier. Oh, that's cool. And if I could do that, that would that would really make so me So, like, happy. you're not, you know, I'm thinking, oh, March, the Woodlands. And you're like, no, I'm making this a destination. I'm going to LA. Oh, yeah. I'm going somewhere <laughs> yeah. with this, you know. So, but, yeah, they, they, they have a good one in the, the Woodlands, too. That, I, I heard that race. I did the half last year. I like it. Um, I, I may do the full there this year in March. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if I can get to, you know, closer, closer to 20 by the end of the year. Then, mm-hmm. And I'm at 12 now, so we'll see. So you're already at 12, and your half is until February, so that's good. It's going to be anticlimactic also, but... Well, no, because... You know, they tell you not to, to train that or whatever. I'm, I'm not that way. I'm like, I have to know that I can do it. That was that was the way I was. Before I did my first half marathon... My first race ever was a half marathon, and but I had been running for four years at that point. I just would never race, but my first one was a half, and they tell you, you know, don't go past like 10 or 11 miles. I ran 13.1 miles three times before I ever went to that half because I had to know that I could do it. So I did it one time. I'm thinking, and you want to know your time too. Well, then I want to know, well, was it just a fluke? Let me do it again. So three times before I actually ever went to the race. I just, mentally, I needed to know you think you could do it. that I could do that. I went from six to ten. So I ran six. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do that again. Ran six again. Mm-hmm. I ran six about five or six times. And the next time I went out there, I hit ten. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did I really just hit 10 miles? I, I had to check and make sure the straw was yeah. working and everything. Um, but in Brook Hall, you have to weave around to get 10 miles. Yes, we can get up to nine, but we have to throw in four seasons mm. to do that. But I'll tell you, though, it won't be anticlimactic because there's a whole other feeling. When you get to that half, even if you've done the distance, there's just a whole other feeling when you're on that start line and you're actually at a race and you'll push yourself you know, I think I was doing for my first half, I think I ran that race 10 to 15 minutes faster than I had, than I had mm. been running my practice 13.1 wow. because you, the adrenaline hits you. You're so excited to be there and everybody else is running and you, you know, you go with the flow. You want to keep up with that group of people and it's just exhilarating to be in a race. You can always go a lot faster at a race than you think you're going to be able to go just out of That's pure excitement. Sense. We'll see. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I plan to be around eight somewhere when I hit it. Are so. you going to try? Do they? Well, that's a large one, so they should have pace groups. Or are you going to try to run with the pace well, group? I'm, I, well, I'm in a, you know, they corral you or whatever. Yeah. And of course, when I signed up for this, it was a long-term goal. Yeah. And it was, I signed up in August. Mm-hmm. Um, way faster than that now. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to need to change the corral that I'm in. Uh, but yeah, they have, they have a staggered start. Okay. Because if I, I'm a bit, I'm really into, you know, like Coach Boy doesn't run with pace groups, but I love pacers at races because I'm one of those people who, if I can lock into the same, to, if I can lock into a comfortable pace. I can go forever. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's something like a like a rhythm, like your body gets into a rhythm and a cadence and it just sticks with it. And it's almost like autopilot after mm-hmm. a while. And so I like finding um, 
a semi-ambitious pacer where I know if you lock me into this pace, I can go with you and it's not, you know, too far, too too much faster. Yes. And I can do that. And if I can run the same pace, the whole race, I'm good. Oh yeah. I looked at my last, one of my last driver recordings and I was, uh, I was hitting the same pace, like mile two, three, four, five, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I got a little bit faster, and then I got a little bit slower, and I got. A, but I mean, four miles in a row. Yeah. Same exact time. And if you do that and you feel good, mile ten or eleven, take off. Take off yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and, and speed up. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that way too. So if you could go back in time and tell old Mike that October of 2019 you would be a running fanatic. Just a year ago. <laughs> What's it, old Mike? I'm talking about Mike just 12 months ago. Yeah. What would you? What would old Mike say? I, I would think he was insane. You know, I just... Insanity. I, I would have never believed that it hit me as hard as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say this. You know, in, in my younger years, fooled around with substances and some things like that. Not anything really hardcore or anything, but it just doesn't hold a candle to mm-hmm. that eye you get when you stroll into the house and you look at that app and you have done... Yeah. What you said you were going to do for that day at the time you said you were going to do it, the high is, is incredible. And um, I just, I would never, never have thought that this would be the thing um, that got me. I knew that I needed to get addicted to something. Everybody I've known that has ever lost a whole bunch of weight has gained it back. Mm-hmm. And I will not be that person. Mm-hmm. I refuse. Um, so I knew that it had to be more than just your diet. It had to be more than just your mind. It, it had to be a total effort. And so for this to be the thing that happened is, is uh, it's incredible. It's, it's a God thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does with you what he wants to do with you. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's what's happened uh, pretty much. And I hope that, that I, can, I can be there for other people. I mean, I'm literally just shy of calling several people that call me on a daily basis to tell me what they ate today and just calling them and saying, look, I'm coming to get you, mm-hmm. and this is what we're going to do, and this is what you're going to do, and you're just going to listen to me, and this yeah. is going to happen. But you can't do that. You know, people are going to do what they do. They have to find it on their own. They have to find or it. Or be ready on their own. And I have a lot of people ask me, what was the thing, you know, and... And I go back to my dad wanting me to get healthy. Um, there was other things. You know, I, I had reflux really, really bad. I'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and just my throat would be full of stomach acid. I'd be choking to death. Um, I had to wear one of those, what do they call those things you breathe in? I don't even snore, by the way, mm-hmm. anymore. But I, I was really, really bad and had to wear a seat, those like the, yeah machine. I had to do all that. Um it's just it's so far away mm-hmm. from there now, and it and it's you know a lot of it's because of of the running, and running what most people don't realize is a spiritual thing. If you can get to that point, one of my things was if I could ever make myself you know comfortable in the uncomfortable, then life would be a lot easier. Um, but you you kind of you find out a lot about yourself mm-hmm. um, with running. I do getting out, and and I know that you run with Jerry K a lot. I haven't gotten... I've run with several people um, just because I haven't seen them in years. They're like, oh, you run now, so mm-hmm. let's do this, you know. Uh, that'll happen next weekend, by the way, in, in Austin. I'm going to run around Town Lake with a friend of mine I haven't seen since eighth grade. But um, for me, it's about getting out there by myself. Yeah. Thinking about things 
you know, plotting and planning my life, you know, mm-hmm. while I run. And uh, you look up. If you can get in that zone, like you said, in that pace, in that zone, you look up and you've gone a long way, you know. It's just, it's it's incredible. I encourage anybody to do it, you know. I hope that that running group, the, the pace setters, yeah. I hope that that's a thing that spurs a lot of people on. I hope it does, too. I just want people to know. I want to come out there at some point. Yeah, and even if you, you know, you want to go do your own thing, because that's kind of, what I'll do, go do what run I have. Well, right now I'm training for a specific race. So I've got a plan. I've worked out a plan for myself. So, and Saturdays are my long run days. But I'll just, I'll meet with Jerry. We'll run and then I'll go out there. Because I just, I want to be out there for support and let people know, like, no, this is for you. This really is. You're not, you're not that person. You can do it. Who can't do it. You're not yeah. that one who can't. And that's another thing that I, I tell some people that I, I've had people call me and say, look, man, you look incredible. What did you do? What, send me your diet. I said, well, if I sent you my diet, then you're not going to understand because that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, there's so much, much more than that. But if you can just forget all that and figure out what works for you, and get everything else out of the way. The special occasion, the birthday, the we've never tried this restaurant, the drink that you have to have, mm-hmm. this, that, that. If you can get all those out of the way and just focus on what's good for, for you and what keeps you going, you, your body will start to tell you mm-hmm. what it needs. Oh, yeah. It'll tell you. It'll send out signals what type of nutrients it's craving. Running, what type of sure. Yeah. What type of workout it's craving yeah. all of that whether you need to slow down whether it's good to go to speed up so so what are your goals for the next year i'm gonna keep running you know it's just gonna happen um the half see if you're ready for a full gonna do that i, I really want to do a full um i hate bicycles with all my being um <laughs> i just i hate them i love them. i yeah. hate them i hate them but uh, would I like to do a triathlon? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I really would. At some point, um, the ultra marathons, the ultra runs, um, not so much the Spartan things. Don't give me 13 miles where I have to stop and you know go underneath barbed wire fence. I'm not trying to be in the military, not you know whatever. Um, but uh, you know some of these these longer events. I, I just the distance thing is. I, I don't know. It just does something to me. Mm-hmm. Not a, not a sprinter, although I'm getting faster. But I, I, you know, just more distance things. I want to lock in my nutrition to where it's the same. And I, I'm a very I'll eat the same thing for the rest of my life if you can just if I can just figure out what that is. You know, I um, eat the same breakfast and the same lunch almost every day. And I, I'm I'm really on that too. Um, however, I'll veer. You know, for a, you know to do something here to do something there. Um, but I, I would let, like to figure out my running nutrition over the next year. And then I would like to help other people. Um, you know, just like with the swimming lessons and teaching little kids swimming, which is going to be a new side gig for me now that I'm swimming so much. Um, and just really connect a lot of people together through all this. Um, you know, some of the same goals I hear you talking about. I, I really am into the whole running community, getting together. Um, and spurring each other. Accountability was so huge for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Um, that's why I love the Strava app. When I hit record, I know that other people are going to see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it keeps me honest. 
Well, that's what gets me out of bed at four in the morning is knowing that Jerry Kay's standing there waiting for me and she'll say the same thing. I'll get out of my car and she'll look at me and she'll say, I would have hit snooze if you weren't coming this morning. And I'll say, I would have hit snooze if I didn't know you were going to be standing here on your curb waiting for me. Absolutely. I don't have that. I don't have a running partner like that yet. And I don't know if I will. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of a loner thing. I heard Rusty talk about that on his, and then he kind of likes to do his own thing. Oh yeah, he's and and I do too, uh, to some own, extent. Yeah. But I think that some of the goals I, I'd really like to run a marathon for sure, a full uh, before the end of next year. By the end of next year, I really want to be just in the thick of it and mm-hmm. competing a lot and and doing some of those things. It's fun. It'll, <laughs> it'll keep me going. Races are fun, especially if you're going to make them destination races. Like, yeah. I think if you can do that, I tell people, do it. You know, take your spouse, take your family, go have fun in a new place. My first race was that half I was telling you about. That was a destination one, and it's just a fun weekend. Yeah. I really, and I think my biggest goal now that I sit here and thought about it for just a second, my biggest goal is I want my family, because we're really close. My wife, uh, especially my wife, my youngest, and me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just inseparable. And I want it to be, and and it's getting that way, but I want it to be where we load up in the car and we find destinations where we can kayak or hike or go look at a mountain and, you know, do this and run along the way. And things like that. That's, that's what Together. I want my life to yeah, be, to I like be about um, from here on out. I want that change to happen. I like that. That's a good goal. That's that's a good one. Well, Mike, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the upcoming races on my site, inaskirt.com. Also, take a minute or two to leave a rating and review on your podcast app if you haven't already. And like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Links to those are in my show notes or just search for Inaskirt Podcast on both. One last thing. I have a huge favor to ask of you. I am working on a recovery episode that talks about fears running has helped us overcome. I really, really would like you to participate in this episode. All you have to do is send me a short, like a minute or two, a short voice memo of you telling me one fear running has helped you overcome. You can email that voice memo to me at inaskirtpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't want to send me your voice, then email me something and I'll read your response. And if you don't want your name mentioned, that's okay. Just let me know. But I'd love to compile everyone's responses into a short recovery episode. Have a great week.